Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast. I know so many of you are concerned about New York Fashion Week this fall, but I have an answer for you because my guest is Pablo Starr, and he's the founder and creator of Fashion Week Online. So in this episode, we'll be discussing the future of New York Fashion Week this year, what would be the latest trends, will there be more diversity on the runway, which trends will be the hottest for fall and winter, and so much more. But before we dive in, make sure to support the show and tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Pablo. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Very I'm good. great. Thank you. I got a limple. Oh, no. <laughs> like a lip, a lip pimple? <laughs> Isn't it exciting? Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. So how's it going? It's fine. Just wish it was normal times and we could go to actual fashion week in the week. Yes, that would be nice. Where are you located? I'm in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta. Yeah, great place. it's actually not that hot today. That's nice. Well, it's very beautiful there. Last time I was there, I thought it was very beautiful and lush. It's I'm from fun. New Orleans. I'm, I'm from the South, so I'm, I'm from that neck of the woods. Nice. New Orleans is fun. Yeah, that's where I grew up, so... Mm, I see. Would you please tell our listeners more about yourself, your career, where you're from, background? Sure. So I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, um, and I moved to Los Angeles to play music a few years ago. And so I lived there for a bit, um, played music. I did some, had some nice, you know, some nice moderate success there, but I wasn't making a ton of money. But I certainly saw some other people that I knew there become extremely successful. So it's, it's kind of a business where either you make a ton of money or you don't make any money. This, you don't make like, you don't really, I mean, I guess it's, it's, there are certain exceptions, but I needed to make, I need to make more money essentially so I could live and not, and stop living on a single mattress on the floor. Cause I lived on this tiny little apartment with a single mattress on the floor for many years. So I said, well, I got to do something else because I need to make more money than this and I got to figure something out. So I decided, uh, so my band played, one day my band played a fashion show in Los Angeles and I said, well, maybe we can do more of these fashion shows. And then people can come see my band and they can see a fashion show at the same time. It'd be really a fun combination. So I did that for a while. And then more and more, I was involved in the fashion side of things. Um, and I liked, I liked the lifestyle in terms of like, 
you know, I get tired of being in bars, you know, loud bars. Um, that's the, the, the musician life is you're in a lot of loud clubs, you know, and that's not really um, where I wanted to spend my time increasingly. I just wanted to do, I want a breath of fresh air. And so in fashion, I got to go and, you know, it was quieter parties where you talk to more people and it's very collaborative, you know, fashion is a very collaborative industry. And I thought that was really fun because in, in music, you're, it's kind of like a dog eat dog situation. You kind of partner up with some bands, but you're really strong competition against other bands all the time. Whereas in fashion, you know, you get to meet people and you work together to, to create, you know, visions. And so I really enjoyed it. And so I built Fashion Week Online. Um, I was involved in Los Angeles Fashion Week. And then I realized the big fashion weeks were in New York. So I started building the website Fashion Week Online that had information for the different major fashion capitals. Um, and then that's what I ended up with was Fashion Week Online. Wow, what an amazing story. And Fashion Week Online is very famous. What motivated you to create it mostly? Well, I wanted to create, I needed a business. I decided that I wanted to, my family are business people. Um, and so I decided I wanted to start a business of my own. That was the best, my best bet rather than, you know, continuing to work. I was working on temp jobs in offices, um, which means answering the phone, doing spreadsheets. Uh, then sometimes I was waiting tables and I decided that I would prefer to be my own boss if possible. So I decided that I, so I was writing these, um, these different articles online. And I decided that I should create a website that has a bunch of this content and then make that a business. And so actually I created a few, a few websites and one of them was Fashion Week Online. That was my, the one I felt most strongly about, but I also created like for all these different fashion weeks, like for, like for I had one for, you know, um, Korea Fashion Week, Romania Fashion Week, I built all these different things. And then eventually I was able to consolidate those into Fashion Week Online as a hub. And the idea was to create and then, well, but the thing is when I started this, there was no way to find out when fashion week was happening you had to go to all these different websites you had to go to the paris fashion week website you had to google to figure things out it was very complicated and it's still very complicated even with the website it's it's challenging to organize this material in a way that's that's quick and easy to understand because of the nature of fashion week is so complicated there are different fashion weeks they're run by different people um they happen at different times they're subject to change sometimes they change at the last minute like we don't even know new york fashion week is supposed to start like in three weeks we don't even know if the shows are finalized yet. This, this is what it's like. And, it's, and believe it or not, it's like this every season. And people never believe me. They say, oh, you must know by now. Trust me. <laughs> you only find out things happen. Sometimes they, these, these producers are looking for venues four weeks. They're fin still finalizing the venue. They have six months between fashion weeks. And they're finalizing the venue a month, six weeks, a month before. So it's, and then castings happen like a week before. So people, one of the frustrations of people is they want to know all this information. And so my attempt was a, organize all of this in one place to make it as easy as possible. Um, and so it's much easier than it was, but even so, <laughs> it's a very dynamic industry. And it's, that's what makes it so fascinating. So the idea was to create something that was a resource to help simplify this a little bit. I see. Yeah, Fashion Week is definitely very unpredictable. Even when I go to Fashion Weeks, it's like I book my tickets a few days before, even when I come to New York, the schedule always changes it. and I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to go to this show, but then it's like three more shows and I'm like ended up going to five shows a day. <laughs> yeah, fashion is a business, especially on, on this part of the business, is a, is a business for people who are willing to hustle because you are going from one show to another. Things are changing constantly. Um, you're having a quick decision. Should I go to this one or that one? Should I go to this party or should I go to this thing, which is the funner part in the evenings? But it's, it's really very much, um, it's just literally... And then when I, you know, when I'm, when we're doing fashion week, you know, we're getting emails all day long from people saying, oh, this is the move to here, go over here. Now they'll come over here at this time. Oh, can you do this? Can you do an interview? You know? And so you're like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And people are sending you press releases. 
So every day as the shows are still happening, you're getting press releases from the day before. So it's very much a job. Um, and it's a world for people who are, who, who are willing to hustle because the people who are making the shows are hustling constantly. They're back there. They're organizing things. You go over there, you over there. Let's, make, let's get makeup over here. You know, um, they've tried to streamline it increasingly over the years as much as possible. But yeah, it's, a, it's, it's um, controlled chaos is what we're looking at it. Yeah, I've walked in a few shows before in Atlanta and before, and I've attended some shows as a blogger also, so it's definitely crazy times, but it's a fun times. It's like so much energy and vibe. It's like camera lights and action. <laughs> and then once it's over, it's the funny thing is like you, you get so exhausted and once it's over, you, you feel very restless because you're still in that energy. Like you're in this really frantic energy, energetic space and when it all ends, I feel like I'm kind of staring at the wall like, I need something to do. <laughs> I need something to do. Yeah, I totally agree with you. <laughs> so true. Were you surprised or you expected huge success from Fashion Week Online? I have good, a good vibe about it. I remember that I was working on, originally I was working on the website and it was like, when I first had the idea, you know, of compiling all this information, it was like, it was like 3 a.m. back in Los Angeles and I was working and I was working and I was updating all this stuff. And, and I remember thinking to myself, am I crazy? Like, why am I... Why don't I just go to bed? Why am I still, why am I doing this? And something inside said, this is something that makes sense to do. And so I did it, you know, so, and, that, and then it was like, but that's an easy way of putting it. I mean, then it was, before it became well-known, there were like three or four works, three or four years of work, you know, where my ex-girlfriend would come downstairs and say, because she lived upstairs for me and would say, what are you doing? Because you've been here all weekend. <laughs> and I'd be like, um, and she's like, what motivates you? I'm like, I just need I need to find my, a business. Like I need, I, I think this is something that could work and I love it. And I'm inter- I was like, I'm, like I, I think the, the key to doing anything successfully is to find something you're obsessed with anyway, that you just, that you like doing. So once that window in my mind was opened up of, Hey, if I do this, it could lead to me going to fashion week and traveling. I love to travel. You know, it could lead to me traveling. It could lead to me no longer having to work these day jobs. It could, it could solve a lot of problems at once. You know what I mean? It could, it could provide a lot of opportunities and fun and things I want to do. And once I realized that that was my, my, a key or a possible ticket, you know, then I just wouldn't stop doing it. You know, and, and again, it's easy to say now, but it took years to set up. And there were times when the website would crash, you know, and, and it was very, or I had one season where it felt like for some reason something happened, Google changed the algorithm. And for some reason, nobody came and it was, and I was despondent. You know, I remember I was in this hotel and I was just like, oh my God, I, I failed. Like, this is never going to happen. You know, this is. Like I've, I've been destroyed, you know, because of this algorithm change and Google was putting all their own listings up in there. They were kind of useless, but Google like dominated, basically was pushing my content down off the front page after, you know, already having spent two or three years building this, you know, which was not a lot of the time um, compared to playing music. I played music for much longer than that, you know, but still it was quite a lot of work. And then so and I remember just feeling despaired, like, oh my God, I've, I've been defeated, you know? And, and so there were times like that when it was just, grueling work and the only solution as with anything is just sit your ass back down and 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 keep doing and keep going and keep going you know but i remember there was a i told my ex-girlfriend at the time i said i, I give up you know i this is not <laughs> and then and other things were happening where people that i you know was counting on to support me weren't supporting me and i was like oh my god like you know i'm out here by myself doing this and it's never going to fly you know and she said you know just just don't just take a shower go to bed it was like you know one or two a.m go to bed she said <laughs> and then It'll, it'll be better in the morning, you know? Um, but a, a lot of things like that, you know, they say every overnight success is years in the making. And that was the case, you know? This, so it took, it took maybe five years, you know, before 
it really started to become well known. And one year I just saw suddenly um, the traffic like went up by, you know, five or something, you know, and I don't know exactly sure what, what the tipping point was, but I remember just being like, oh my God, like traffic's really up this year. And then it went up and then it went up and then it sort of plateaued a bit. And now with the COVID thing, it's, it's a little down, which makes sense. But, you know, one of the things I learned from it is that you can't take today, and that's a good thing for people to get depressed too, because when you get depressed, there's this feeling that whenever anybody gets depressed, the definition of depression is a, a feeling of hopelessness. You know, it's, it's the sad is, oh, I feel bad. Hopeless, I mean, depressed is, oh my God, things are never going to get better. And it was one of those times where I really learned that that idea that nothing's ever going to get better is a lie. And you really have to, when you learn that and get that down in your bones, and it happened with music too, every time you think that, you know, um, your life is over or something is over, it's not true. You just have to just, take a breath and keep going. Um, or maybe switch gears, like with music and fashion. Like my life didn't end when I stopped playing music. I had to switch gears. I, I, after a certain point, uh, I had to take a stock of what I was doing and say, okay, let's do something different because the music thing's not making, making me money, you know? And it, and it felt like, you know, at the time, it felt like if I gave up music, it'd be the worst thing I could ever do. Like it would be the end of my life. You know, if I, if I gave up music, I'd fail. You know what I found was when I gave up music, I felt so free. <laughs> I was like so happy. Like for the first time in a long time, I didn't have to worry about sending out CDs. I didn't have to worry about booking gigs. I didn't have to worry about hauling amplifiers, you know? So there was a lot of freedom in making that switch. You definitely have a strong personality. Oh my God, I love that about you. And it's just always takes for strong people to achieve success. And it's just, you never have to give up. You just have to keep going, especially in fashion industry, music or entertainment or any of those. Oh my God, it's all rejection. I mean, if you're a model, if you're whatever, but at the same time, it's important to realize that you don't necessarily have to do what you think you need to do originally to be happy. You know, the idea is that like, you know, I know a lot of people are models, you know, they're, they're, they want to be models and they're struggling to be models. And, and I understand what that's like as a musician, like you're putting yourself out there constantly. People are rejecting you, you know, people are accepting you. It's this, it's this constant, like, roller coaster up down up down and you really have to find that place in yourself that's that exists that's more important and beyond that that dream or that vision because there are other dreams you can pursue the way for example if you can't if you don't feel like you're not making traction as a model you could start a modeling agency i mean there's so many things you can do in certain spaces if you love it so it's important to hold on one hand it's important to hold tight to your dream on the other hand it's important to hold it a little loosely you know what i mean there are times when you can change or shift a little bit but i think the main thing is to is to is to go after happiness like find the thing that makes you happy and if it stops making you happy find something else that makes you happy like there's, there's not one thing this this world was not made in such a way that only one thing can make you happy and that's what's really which i wish i'd known that a little sooner with the music you know i mean i don't really regret it because it's something that i wanted to do but at the same time it's like it got to be so painful like so grueling like like, like I said, lugging the amplifiers, making this back into the CDs, making CDs, sending them out. Like it got to be so exhausting that it was affecting my quality of life. I just felt kind of, and I, I was angry at, at bookers, you know, who weren't getting back in touch with me. It just became like, it's so when I let all that go. I was like, oh, whew, wow, this isn't so bad at all. You know, and so let's look for something else. And then I found the fashion thing and now I'm working on writing. Like now I'm writing, you know, I just finished a, screen, a book and a screenplay. And I'm, and I'm loving it, you know, so it's, it's a, it's great thing in this life to realize that you, that there are all kinds of things you can do, but to always be following the thing that's making you happy. Cause that's usually your ticket. Oh my God. That's well said because I used to get upset if something didn't work out for me and I just was concentrated on this thing and I was just going for it. And, but then it's just sometimes like now I realize that, I mean, if it doesn't work out, just switch to something else and just pivot. <laughs> it's really true that often the universe is pushing you in the direction of something better. So true. Back to the line is much better than you. you know, 
I, I know people who are successful in music and you know, it's it can be very alienating. Um, it's, it can be very exhausting. There's a lot of pressure. Like you have a hit album. Well, is your next album going to do as well? I mean, there's a lot of good that comes from it, but there's also negative too. You know, I mean, I hated, I got to hate playing live. You know I mean? I like, I like being there, but the rest of it, like the, the travel, everything else was exhausting. Fashion Week is so much more me. It's more mellow. I can go there at my pace. I stand there in the room. I talk to people. You know, there's like little hors d'oeuvres floating around. <laughs> it's, it's much more, for somebody like me, who's kind of a mellow, I doesn't sound like, because I talk so much, you know, but for somebody who likes a mellow lifestyle, like I like hanging out with my cat. I like, I just like, I don't like a lot of drama. I don't like a lot of loud noises. You know, <laughs> for me, as I changed my personality, I mean, fashion is, is much more what I like to do. So it's actually, it's funny how I didn't, so to me, that's the universe was saying, look, Pablo, okay, you played music, you had, you had fun, and, you, and I did enjoy it, and I had a lot of great benefits from playing music for a long time, but it's like, it's like saying, Pablo, maybe, see, the, I got other ideas for you, other fun things for you to try, come on, come on, man, go, 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 and it kind of pushes you, and it's like, oh, this isn't so bad after all, it's like, no, this is actually better, that's what I was trying, it's almost the universe is saying, that's what I was trying to tell you, you know, so sometimes it's, you have to look but there's a, a benign force at work in the world and not that get too upset because often there's, it really is something good that's else that's good. That's trying to, that the world is trying to push you to. Yeah, totally agree with you. And also you have very unique style. Where do you get your inspiration from? Oh, your clothes? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I sort of play with it. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I think deep down I'm realizing more and more I'm kind of a jeans and t-shirt guy. Um, but I have a lot of fun during the fashion week, the, the fashion week, it's actually very fun because I go to these showrooms and they provide you, they can provide you with all kinds of fun, crazy clothing, you know, and then you can really have fun dressing up and, uh, you know, it's not something that I do as much during the week. Uh, I have my good friend, he does every, every day he's dressed up, <laughs> something really kooky, you know, um, for me though, especially when like now, when I'm doing a lot of writing, I just want to get up, but you know, I do like kind of like a rock and roll influence, I will say, you know, even every daily when I dress up, I like some nice boots, I like some cool jeans, I like some cool, uh, I have like some this great religious themed jewelry I've been getting from Miracle Icons, this company, uh, this woman is a friend of mine, she, she was at Barney's and Barney's closed down, um, but I bought some of her stuff a few years ago from Barney's, it was, it was very like rosary looking stuff, really beautiful stuff, um, that I thought was really kind of cool and rock and roll, but also had like a spiritual, a spiritual edge to it, and I like that a lot. And then I met her out here because my, oh, my necklace broke. And so I contacted her on Instagram and said, would you help me repair this necklace now that Barney's is closed? And, you know, and, and she's been, I've been working with her now and hanging out with her. And so I really like kind of like rock stuff. But I also like stuff um, with a little bit of a spiritual edge. I have a Christian necklace. I've been wearing this Christian necklace for, I don't know, 10 years now. And then I have this like rosary stuff. And, and so I think on my, in terms of my daily stuff, that's what I like. That's amazing. And would you please tell us more about Runway Universe? The project you're working on? Right. Uh, well, actually, to run me originally, I bought this domain, uh, RNWY, because I wanted to create, I wanted to be the umbrella for all my fashion fashion projects, fashion with online, um, other, virtual reality, the stuff I was working on. And then at some point, um, I decided I wanted to write a book about three or four years ago. I started working on the book, took about two years to write it, um, to be two and a half years to write the book, and it was a science fiction. So I wanted to make a daydream. Like, what would be well, if I could imagine the success of my company 230 years from now, what, what would it be like? You know, and, I, and so it would be like virtual reality and all this stuff and, and luxury in the future. But then also, you know, I had to create some sort of conflict or else it would be boring. And so, and, yeah, it's very science fiction. So in the future, you know, this, there's this force that tries to take over the solar system. And, and then this ex-supermodel named Samantha 
and this guy named Pablo. <laughs> it was like, kind of, again, this is originally just a silly daydream and it became a book. And so, uh, and then Samantha really is the best character. I mean, she really steals the show and she's based on a lot of like amazing, like strong women I've known in my life. And she's a lot of fun, that character. So um, I finished the book, actually it was last year. And then I read excerpts of it at the Female um, Empower, Empowerment and Technology Conference in, during New York Fashion Week. And so I put out the book and now I'm working on a screenplay and, um, and now I'm shopping uh, a pilot. In the meantime, I've gotten a bunch of artwork together for it. I've been making, I've been building, I've been hiring people to create based on my sketches for the past year and a half. Yeah, and so now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm will soon be getting management. I hope, <laughs> it seems like I have some people who are interested and then I'll be able to shop my screenplay a little more effectively. But yeah, I've been having a, just a super amount of fun with, with that. The book was well received. It got some really good critical reviews. So I'm really grateful for that. And so now I'm just trying to, to migrate it over to film. That sounds very exciting. I'm sure you will succeed in this project because it sounds very interesting. Thank you. I'm having, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And again, it just goes to show that idea of like, just keep, like you said, keep pivoting, keep morphing. So it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, I just, I love to just follow, you know, my muse wherever it takes me um, and, and just follow the fun. That's my motto. <laughs> Not my only motto, but in terms of work and business, that's my follow the fun, follow whatever you think is calling to you. That seems like a lot of fun. Just do it. Yeah, totally. I know it's very unpredictable right now, but what do you think about the future of Fashion Week this year? Uh, this year is going to be a tough one. Um, we're still waiting for confirmation on the on the big shows at New York Fashion Week. I think we're just to hear something this week, and it's like a, less than a month away. So that's kind of a anyway, it keeps changing too because the the guidelines for the city keep changing. Paris is happening. Um, there's going to be a lot of digital. I think what's going to happen, though, I think that it's not going to come back in full swing until February. God willing, everything will be back uh, to a much better degree. Right now, there's a lot of digital happening. But in terms of the live shows, I mean, it's technically it's going forward in the fashion capitals, all four. Um, but we don't really know yet exactly what form it's going to take in terms of how many will be digital, how many will be on the ground, and especially for New York. Yeah, because New York was like the huge epicenter of everything. So especially... Yeah, it was a bad... Let's put it this way. It's better now, but... It's like, we don't want to mess it up, you know? <laughs> so that's the problem. It's like, we're grateful. I mean, I'm grateful that I can go to a coffee shop, you know, and sit outside. Uh, that's a bit of a restaurant and sit outside. That's a big deal. Cause you know, for a couple of months there, you couldn't go anywhere. I mean, it was just like, you're just sitting in this apartment and going out in this freezing, these freezing empty streets. And it was like, you know, very <laughs> depressing. I mean, it was, it was okay. I did a lot of writing, but you know, it, it's not something you want to last much longer, you know? So when I was able to go to a coffee shop again and just sit outside, it was a big deal. And so there's a lot of hesitation in New York about opening anything up. So I think they're looking for outdoor venues for the big shows. Uh, I think that there might be a problem with the contract and that's why they're having trouble using those outdoor venues. But I know that Flying Solo, uh, who is a big partner of ours, they're, they're still planning their show and that's going to be outdoors. But again, even that, last time they're still finalizing the venue but even outdoors you still have so many people around and you still have to be around so many people i don't know i would, probably would be kind of yeah i mean also if you're what if you're backstage you'll be your hair and makeup person hair and makeup people pr are pretty close to the models <laughs> obviously you know yeah. and the models people get are clustered together a lot of times in small spaces backstage so it's just it's really a logistical challenge and then people have to sit with social distancing you know it's it's not that it can't happen it's just that you know, it's just, it's not, it's a, it's a tall order, figuring it all out. Yeah, sounds like it would be very difficult to do it, but I'm sure it will resume every, I hope it will, for sure. Well, it will at some point because every, everybody wants it, so. Yeah, yeah. Do you think fashion trends will change since everyone is working from home and spending more time at home? Because 2019 was pretty bright and 2020 was pretty bright year, like a lot of feather, 
like a lot of rhinestones, gold, silver, bright colors, bold statement, jewelry, like all that. But do you think it will change in 2021? That's a good question. What do you think? I think. What's your opinion? Yeah. I think it might. It might go to more like loungewear and more like kind of casual style. <laughs> there was like jog- jogging suits and headbands. Like from yeah, the 80s. crossing like <laughs> dressing style, maybe. <laughs> pajamas. Everybody wearing pajamas. Well, you know. That would be so awesome. <laughs> I should do that. Everybody's wearing pajamas outside. They're carrying pillows. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> well, you know, even though like mostly, I mean, pajamas were in fashion for many years already. Like, you know, they still yeah. two pieces and you wear them with like sneakers or you wear them with heels. Like they were in style already. So I Bun- bunny, sli- bunny slippers. <laughs> bunny slippers. <laughs> and they're carrying pillows. <laughs> Just ready to hit the... That's casual. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I thought about I mean, I, for myself, I mean, I, I'm favoring, like I've got like my favorite mask right now. Is um, it's like a camouflage military, which is a little depressing, but I feel like it makes me look a little bit more like an urban warrior. And I feel like when I'm outside, I have to be a little, I want to look a little more badass. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's a psychological, like there's no specific reason. It's just like subconscious. I just, when I put it on, I feel like, yeah, like I'm, I can, I can handle whatever the world brings. So I don't know. I hope it's something positive. And my other favorite one is like, just like a blue sky, like this beautiful blue sky. So <laughs> it's kind of like, the, I guess it's like the, I have two conflicting moods right now. Part of me just wants to project happiness, you know, and, um, and like, and, and hope. And then the part of me is kind of like, don't fuck with me. So, you know what I mean? Because it's like crimes going up and you just feel a little nervous. And I got that new app, the Citizen app. I don't know if you've seen the Citizen app. You shouldn't download it, though. It shows you all the crime happening around you. And I didn't want to, I should never have downloaded it because it, it's better not knowing, you know. But I've got the Citizen app and I. I look at it shows, oh, there was a mugging, you know, a few blocks up here. And I'm like, why did I download this stupid thing? You know, somebody told me it, would, it has like updates from the mayor and stuff. So it's kind of helpful too. But it's like part of me when I go out, I just want to feel, I want to feel just kind of like a kick-ass urban warrior. <laughs> but, but I also, uh, yeah, so I think, I don't know if that'll play in the styles at all, but I hope, I hope it'll be, I hope that we'll all start feeling a collective sense of, of you know, optimism. Because that's, I do feel optimistic about everything. I feel sometimes like these days your optimism is kind of toying with your pessimism. They're in a bit of a contest right now. Yeah. And before even we started actually wearing masks, like by requirement, they were on runway like last year for all the fashion. Yeah. I wore, I wore it last fashion week. Yeah. I wore it because I, I have yeah. a friend in China and for my friend fun. in China who kept messaging me saying, Oh, just to say, you know, I'm in, you know, we're locking down the city. They're building a hospital. So I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I had I ordered some masks and some N95 masks way before there was anything about you know you should or you shouldn't buy them. She said my friend in, in China said, "Oh, buy some N95 masks." I bought like you know three or four of those, and then I have bought like some really cool. I had, I had like a shiny sequin looking one that I wore last Fashion Week, almost for fun. You know, just thinking, "Oh, well, hopefully you know it won't actually come here." And then like a month or two later, it was like rot row. Yeah, but in Paris, like they actually wore them on runway. Some designers included in their collections, like facial. Yeah. They were, they were paying attention to what was going on, you know? Yeah. I wore a bee suit, like a beekeeper suit. <laughs> or like a hazmat suit. That'll be in fashion next season. Yeah. Do you think there will oh. be more diversity 
on runway? I hope so. I mean, I think I definitely think that this Black Lives Matter movement is going to help increase it even more, which is something that's, you know, it's been something that has been has been improving. But then at the same time, it feels like some seasons is taking a bit step back. Like once I mean, it seems like Oprah season, they, they do a really good job of diversity. And then the next season, it feels kind of like they forgot about it, that it was important. So I think that I hope anyway that the Black Lives Matter uh, movement will i mean i'm already seeing seeing it to be honest i mean again i just wanted to last this time because i'm already seeing you know the things i'm getting are featuring more african-american models more black models more more just various types of models so i hope that this is something that will stick and, and i hope that if you know the election goes well uh depending on how you look at it um i know the way i look at it <laughs> but it's, hopefully if the election goes well we're gonna see uh and then everything after that goes well we're gonna see even more diversity um and, and, and just a sense of, of fairness and, and kindness and empathy in our country, which is something that's really needed in every every part of the conversation. Yeah, totally agree with you. And when I was starting modeling probably 20 years ago, like 15, 17 years ago, it was so strict. Like you had to be size 2-4 to be on a runway. Yeah. And you had to be 5-9 or taller. And you have to be like a certain size. 5-9 five, nine, five, nine if you're lucky. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm standing up. Well, I'm 5'11", so, and I was size 2'4". I mean, I was fine for runway, but other girls had to struggle with it. And, like, yeah. for print, they used to only sometimes take girls who are 5'6", five, 5'7", five, if they're lucky, too. Mm -hmm. And there were no plus-size models, and there were not that much diversity. But now, mm -hmm. like, runway, it looks totally different as far as, like, different models, so much diversity. I mean, it definitely changed for better. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Hopefully, I think... Yeah, do you think there will be more plus-size models on the runway? I hope so. I mean, I, I think so. I, I, I see a lot of it during Miami swimwears, but I'm still not seeing it very much on the couture runways. So I'm hoping we're going to see more of that because I think it's important. I think it's important that everybody has the opportunity to dress beautifully. I think so too, but I guess couture, they only make certain size because they have standard, like, mannequin. They only make it for that size when they make some right, the sample size pieces yeah and they have only standard size it's like zero to top four <laughs> yeah i mean sample size is still like you know zero to two so yeah four it's it's still there too but it's six is considered plus size already right yeah <laughs> not but in the fashion world <laughs> well i mean you know that's interesting you know but, uh, the, anyway but um it's interesting because my, I am a little prudish in some ways, I guess you could say. I mean, a little old-fashioned. So part of me, when I see the video or hear the song, I'm like, oh, man, this is like so over the top. You know, but at the same time, it's interesting because there's, there is, in my opinion, a subliminal meaning behind the song or a subliminal, um, yeah, I guess you could say subliminal meaning, you know. And that is, you know, for a long time, for most of history, men have been able to dictate to women what to do with their bodies or tried to anyway you know from from it still happens in parts of the world you know, women aren't allowed to do certain things men control them they're allowed to, they're almost like property you know so for me a couple of things are important about the, about the song and the video, it's a great video too but a couple of things are important about it is one it's kind of like a giving the finger <laughs> to guys or to people who say tell a woman what she can't or can't express sexually you know is she allowed to express herself the way she wants to. So for me, a, a part of the, the meaning is the deeper meaning of the song. It's kind of like saying, I'm going to express myself as sexually as I want to, and you can't do shit about it. And I like that. <laughs> and the other thing I like about the song is it also 
in, in a sense, it's the glorification of a certain body type. It's like saying, this is how I look. I'm beautiful. And if you don't like it, fuck you, you know? So I think that that's the, the interesting thing about a lot of things in life is there's a superficial meaning of what you think something is. And there's a deeper meaning about what it's actually trying to do. And so I think that, that to the conversation about plus size and like, you know, the traditional rail skinny models that, you know, for a long time were the only way to express, um, you know, beauty on the runway or in our media, or maybe it was a little bit, a little bit hippie. You know, there's the deeper meaning of a lot of what's happening in our culture. There's a cultural movement beneath the surface or maybe right in your face, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> but, and that is that the idea that to break down a lot of these stereotypes of what we consider to be beautiful and real. And also by doing that, because I think the weird thing is when you have a media, when the media blasts out a certain type of body type and says, this is what's beautiful. And it's true with guys too. You know, I've got a bigger nose. You know, I've noticed that when there's a hunk on TV, he's got a small nose, he's got a big chin. And it's kind of like, well, so what's the sub, what subconscious message am I supposed to take from this? You know, that I'm not attractive. So I, I get it. Like, it's easy to, and so it's funny that a lot of the guys who are like, that girl's not hot. You look at the guy, you're like, well, you ain't hot either. So why exactly are you, why do you think it's your, you have, you have the, the power to set the norm of what beauty is. So there are a lot of these subconscious norms. Like I've noticed, like when I watch TV shows and movies, the, the strong, handsome guy, he's like, He's got a big chin and a little nose and, you know, and then the dorky guy is like kind of skinny. He's got a big nose. I'm like, oh, so am I the dork then? That's not, like, what did I do? Like, I haven't done anything, you know, but be born. So it's, I can relate to it. And I don't think it's difficult to have empathy for other people's situations in this life. You just have to kind of put yourself, you have to look more closely and put yourself in their shoes and look at more closely at the patterns around you. So a lot of these subconscious patterns that we've inherited from the media about, oh, this woman's beautiful. This woman's not as beautiful. This guy's hot. This girl's not as hot. This guy's the hero. This guy's the dork. You know, a lot of these things we see are programmed. Like they, there's some biological basis probably somewhere in there, but it's also things that have been hammered into our brain over and over. It's like subconsciously, just like with the stereotypes about different races or, you know, or ethnicities. Oh, this guy's the gardener. He's Hispanic. You know, this guy's, this guy's greedy. He's a Jewish guy. Like we, we, it's like, you see these things that happen so much that you're, people aren't even aware of them when they're perpetuating it. Like people who are writing it, it's they're almost like cliches in a way. So in a sense, it's not, some of these people aren't bad when they do it, when they create it, they just, it's almost like they're just pulling from a cliche, like that. And they're not thinking they're just, it's automatic in other words. So there are a lot of these automatic responses we get from things from, because the media has put them in there. And I think that one thing that we're doing right now is kind of consciously deprogramming some of this stuff and saying, Hey, can we look at that person with a little more complexity? We see this person, instead of saying, Oh, this guy's that he must, they're Asian. They must play the the violin really well. Like all these things, these cliches you hear, he's Hispanic. I'm, I'm half Hispanic, you know, he's Hispanic. So, you know, he must, Whatever, you know what I mean? It's all ugly stuff. So I think what we're doing with the plus size and, and, and these songs is we're subtly deprogramming and breaking down some of these ways of looking at things. So we can say, hey, you know, maybe this is beautiful too. Maybe this guy is a math genius, you know, not a gardener. Maybe this guy, you know, is a, this guy's a hip hop artist and not, you know, a violin player or whatever it is. Like just breaking all this stuff down because it's very convenient to look at things in these sort of like broad categories, these stereotypes. That's what a stereotype is. And it's much more difficult to consider that maybe the world is a little more complex than this and there's room for more for everybody to be to be in every kind of club you know this guy can be this guy this guy person can be that person we don't have to put these people in all these different categories i agree and there's a lot of body positivity movements happening right now too is all this like you said breaking stereotypes because i feel like 2020 it's a huge year of changes yeah it's doing great. I mean, it's, they're really working. And, it's, that's, and that's been the best part about being in fashion, frankly, because when I got involved in fashion, I'm like, oh, you know, music's really deep. You know, I'm a deep artist because I'm a musician and I'm a poet and <laughs> all my songs are really deep, you know, and 
fashion is like a superficial world. And then I got into fashion. And right around the time I got into fashion, or maybe it was already happened, it's like 10 years ago. But, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of stuff going on in fashion. It's like, I'm seeing people, a lot of diversity on the runway. I'm seeing people with Down syndrome who are models. I'm seeing, you know, people in wheelchairs who are on the runway. It's like there's this, there was this huge social progress movement happening in fashion. And I was like, holy shit. That's one, one, another one of the reasons I'm talking about, like, when I say that, like, God pushes you in a certain direction. I was like, wait a second. If the, I was interested in, so, when I was a musician, I, I was very interested in social progress. I, I volunteered at the slums of Kenya. I wanted to write songs that would change the world. And I was like, holy shit, excuse my language. God has put me in a position where I can actually help change the world a little bit. I could actually further our conversation. So it was, it was very fascinating to see myself push to fashion and then discover when I was in fashion, oh, my God. This is the place where I could, I arguably have more power to help or, you know, promote things I care about than I did in music. So it's quite amazing what happens in life. Yeah, totally. Which fashion trends will be the hottest in fall, winter season? What do you think? Oh, I'm not so great at predicting fashion trends. I like what you said. I think maybe more casualness. Uh, I think a lot of it is going to depend on the outcome of the election and how people feel about it. I think there's going to be a lot of black, like, Hopefully, a lot of black artists and um, our, our, our designers will continue to gain traction and be promoted as Black Lives Matter. I think there's going to be a lot more statements uh, of some kind. But I think, honestly, so much is in flux right now. We're going to have to find out. I think that what happens with COVID is going to change a lot um, within the next just few months. What happens with the election and the aftermath, depending on how, because it's not, it's not just an election we're facing. We're also facing how are people going to react to whatever result they get, because both sides are very polarized right now. So I think. It's so much is changing so quickly, especially with the election coming up in November. I don't think we're going to know until December uh, what to expect because people are either some people are going to be angry no matter what, and some people are going to be happy no matter what. But so to answer the question briefly, I think that as you know, has everything to do with how they're feeling at the time. And so I think that with all the changes coming up with the election, uh, one way or another, people are going to be feeling very strongly after this election. And I think that's going to determine a lot of the trends we see next year. That's my take on it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, definitely depends on situation and what's gonna happen. Totally. Yeah. What is your personal mantra? Well, my newest personal mantra is envision what you want to happen, not what you don't want to happen. Oh, I love it. Very this. simple. So just if you want, like if you, and I have to renew this constantly. You know, it's like I was going out and feeling frustrated about everything, and it occurred to me that when I'm out and I'm feeling frustrated, I attract all this, all these frustrated people. You know, I, I attract more frustration. And when I go out there, so I had to reboot. I said, I'm going to reboot this. And so I put, a, I put a memo on my phone every day. And it's when I wake up and it says, relax and enjoy life. That's what, that was my memo for the day, every day. My, so every day my laptop tells me, relax and enjoy life. And when I started doing that, you know, everything started to improve again. So it's like, I, that's something that I've really learned the past couple of years. And every time I go get off track, it's because I'm imagining what I don't want and not imagining what I do want. So if I'm feeling I'm, oh, this person's never going to call me or not, you know, I'm never going to get this job and this, this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to finish this draft. You know, it's like, well, the more you say that, the more like, more, the more you increase the likelihood that, you know, that's going to happen. You're not going to finish the draft. Instead, imagine yourself being happy because you finished the draft. Imagine the success. And so that has been, the more I've done that, I've been doing that for three or four years now. And the more I do that, the more success I get. And it's not easy all the time. And that's why I say it's not like, you know, anyone can do it perfectly. But always remind myself, imagine the outcome that I want. Don't imagine the outcome you don't want because you're just bringing it to you. You're always bringing the thing to you. That, this is all cliche. It's all like power of attraction stuff. But, you know, it's very important to really keep that. It's not something you just do once and forget. It's something you have to remind yourself on a daily basis. Always be imagining the thing you want. I believe in law 
of attraction too. I think it's like we attract everything what happens to us with our thoughts. And sometimes you have to control our thoughts because yeah. don't let the bad ones get in the way and distract us from our goals. It's totally, and it's totally okay to forget and fall down and start again. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a daily, it's a, it's a habit, you know, it's a daily practice. And so you forget, we all do. We all forget, we get discouraged. And then we're like, oh, it's like, well, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the fact that you got discouraged. <laughs> Just start being encouraged. You know, there's no sitting around being discouraged because you're discouraged. It's not going to help anything. So, you know, it's, I think a lot of people get, get discouraged um, because they feel like, they're not doing it perfectly. And it's like, don't worry about that. Just start again. You know, always just get up and start again and you'll be fine. Totally. I used to get so discouraged when something was not perfect or I wouldn't just start anything because I wanted to start perfect right away. And a lot of writers, I know other writers have that problem, you know, because they, they, they're, if they can't do it perfectly, they figure out, oh, why even bother? You know, if I, I don't know what to do. It's like, well, don't worry about that. Just the solution is always just to sit and have fun with it and keep doing it and and, don't, and not worry. Just keep moving toward the thing that you that you want to do and just re- try to relax, which is not easier said than done. But again, that is something you have to just keep reminding yourself. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> just, I have a problem right now. I have a screenplay of, of, of a pilot and I have to revise it again. And last night I looked at it and I was like, oh, I didn't want to look at it. I was like, oh, no. And I was like, don't. You're stressing. This solution is not to stress. The solution is just go have a coffee, open it up. Start fooling around with it, and in an hour or two, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I got it." You know, that's there's always a, there's always a solution. It's always there. You just have to just not worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> as just, much as possible. Yeah, you never know until you try, till you actually do it. Yeah, it always works out. Like when I was working that book, that's when I really learned because I had it was my first time writing a book, and so many times I got into despair. I was like, "Oh my god, no, that's it." I, I'd be in the shower. I'd be like, "No, that's it. It's over. I'm never gonna figure this out. I'm I'm doomed. I I failed. I'm a shitty writer. I tried to do this. I was like, it was like Pablo." Hello. Stop. <laughs> Take a breath. Come back tomorrow. And after doing that a few times, I was like, "Oh, wait a second. I figured it out. It wasn't hopeless." And after a while, just like with the business I was talking about earlier, I got I started realizing more and more. Oh, wow. So it's like never hopeless. And I was like, "Oh, that's good to know." <laughs> and that's a big thing to learn because it's a lot of people never get to that stage. Like you have to just you have to like sort of fail and then succeed. And then after a few attempts, you'll be like, "Okay, wait a second. I." I got this. You know, it's, there's nothing, it's never just hopeless, basically. Yeah, that's so true. And where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, all your information? Oh, my social, my Instagram is uh, Pablo.star, S-C-A-R-R, Instagram. And I'm not on Twitter very much. I, I mean, if people want to follow me, I have almost no followers. So please do. I, I post things there. I only started a Twitter account about six or eight months ago. I think we had it for years, but I wasn't active on it for maybe eight months ago. And I realized I really need to do it to promote myself. Um, so if you want to follow me, it's at Real Pablo Star. I can always use more followers, you know, but again, that's not, mainly I'm on Instagram at Pablo.star. Nice. Thank you so much, Pablo. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, too. That was all for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And just to remind you, Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms and new episodes are every Tuesday and Thursday. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.